Welcome everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast, hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namard. Our goal is to uplift voices everywhere by empowering women and youth and by building a better global community. The I'm Speaking Podcast is inspired by the Edge Charitable Foundation. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect that of the benefactors or sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast. I'm Priya. And I'm Mercy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Today's topic is she's a complex grown woman. And this topic is special because this month we're just we're celebrating Women's History Month and International Women's Day. And what is a complex grown woman? Mercy, do you want to answer that? Well, I would say it would be Priya. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a great example and we're surrounded by women that mm-hmm. are a great example of it. Um, hmm, so when I'm asked that question, I immediately think of women who started young, who found struggles and overcame the struggles, who are independent, many times entrepreneurs, sometimes in action, sometimes spiritually, right? Because some of us want to do it, but we have to wait for the right time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think of women who are outspoken and who stand their ground against all odds. I think of women who are um, strong in more ways than one. So strong verbally, strong physically, strong emotionally, or at the very least, Acted, even if inside they're doubtful and they're weaker and they're not really quite sure. Uh-huh. Um, but just that they put up, you know, that face and uh, they put on their fighting gloves early in the morning. So yep. that's what I think of. That's what yep. I think of. I think of my girls who are crazy and independent. Um, and I see them doing things. I tell them things I did when I was younger. And they think, geez, I could have never done that. And then I did it out of need, right? Mm-hmm. So it was my way of surviving. But then I see the things that they do, buying their own houses, um, just as a single woman, young, starting their career and all the things that they're doing. So how my girls will say whatever they need to say, regardless of how others perceive it or how others receive it. And so I think that's huge, right? So I see what they're doing and admire it. And I know they look back and, to what I was doing. So I, I think, I think we're all a big part of that. And I think a woman today is, is mainly strong. I was just watching the, um, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> the Oprah interview. Yes. Um, yes. And so she, there you go. They're so, both. So Megan Markle exactly. and Oprah are obviously great examples of complex grown women. Yes. And, um, I believe in every woman, even if you're doubting yourself inside of, I think we all do. yeah, there's a complex grown woman. So someone who's independent thinks from themselves and also establishes boundaries and knows their limits and knows that people around them knows, knows that there are boundaries and limits for people around them pretty much. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So the interview, you want to talk about the interview? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, what else? It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was, my phone was blowing up between um, Raquel 
and my oldest uh, sending me everything that was happening. Uh-huh. And then that, um, oh my goodness. So on Instagram, there's this one um, girl I follow. I want to say it's a girl, maybe even a guy, but I really think it's a girl. Uh-huh. And it's called uh, Shit You Should Know. Oh, yeah. The, Aust- the New Zealand. She's from New yes. Zealand. Yeah. Yes. And so she was just blowing up my phone with the notifications because I follow her and I love her. Yeah. And um, it was impressive. So I haven't been able to finish the entire um, documentary or mm-hmm. interview. And in every meeting I've been to, like last night I was in a meeting with Juana. Prior to that, I was in a meeting with somebody else. And mm-hmm. in all the meetings I've been, it just seems to be the topic of conversation. Yeah. So how do you feel about it? Okay. Well, there's a whole bunch of feelings. So I also didn't watch it the night of. Um, I was doing work and then classic mom style. I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell out. So um, I did watch the next morning and I I, I actually took notes for yes. myself because I figured at oh, some so point I was going to, I was, it wasn't from I'm speaking. I'm like, I want to take notes, you know, because I love Oprah. I love her interview style. And I, I, I knew what was going to be talked about was going to be a big deal. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it was interesting. Like she started off talking about Kate and how people were, um, well, not people, how the UK tabloids have this relationship with the, um, with the monarchy uh, to where it, they like, I, I, I kind of feel like it's a parasitic relationship so the tabloids take advantage of the monarchy in order to make sure in order for the monarchy to to sort of stay relevant i guess but um they had they had said that kate uh was crying megan had made kate cry and then megan had shared that it was the complete opposite and it was over the dresses that kate's um daughter had to wear the flower girls had to wear at her wedding and uh, I thought it was interesting how they um, pinned Kate against Megan, you know, woman against woman. And we're talking about two strong women. We're talking about two complex grown women, right? In their own right, have their own backgrounds, uh, own way of viewing things. And they turn it into something really nasty, unfortunately. And not nasty as in Hillary Clinton, good nasty. <laughs> I mean, nasty as in like, they, 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 um, what's the word? They, um, sort of, um, characterize Megan as, the ang- no, they didn't sort of, they characterize Megan as the angry black woman, pretty much. And this angry black woman made this white woman cry. So we had white tears <laughs> from the story. In 2020, you'd think that's something of the past and it just so isn't, it just so isn't. It's wishful thinking, you know. It's present it everywhere, everywhere. And we mm-hmm. see it in everything else that's going on and things that we still have to work on for women of color to even have a voice and to be noticed. Um, and, you know, one of the things about being independent and being a complex grown woman is being able to use your voice. But what happens when your voice is taken away from you? And then Megan used the analogy. Did you hear about the analogy of uh, Little Mermaid? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't. You're going to see it anyway, <laughs> but she, um, at some point in the documentary, her and Oprah are walking around in her backyard of her house. Um, and she has a chicken coop and all that stuff. Um, but she's telling Oprah that she had decided one day cause she was at, um, I guess their cottage or whatever. And there, she decided one day to watch the movie, um, the, 
Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Okay. And when she was watching it, she realized that it reminded her of, of herself, that she married a prince just yeah, like Little Mermaid, and they took away her voice, and she couldn't speak. And that's how Megan felt, that she, they took away her voice, and she couldn't sweet, speak. And so who's, who's Ursula? I don't know, but I, I know it's not the queen, because they made it very clear in the interview that the queen was not the bad person in any of these issues that they were having that she was very endearing and loving and embrace them and so i would say that the if i had to say right i would say it's the media the media is ursula yeah it, it's ursula but it's also so there's also the firm <laughs> the firm you referring it to, to it as the firm so the okay. uh, the palace has um an it's it's, it's a family business so mm -hmm. there's someone that heads the family business um, and she referred to it as the firm. So there's the family and then there's the firm. And the, but the firm is the family business. Um, so there's somebody specifically that she had to go to, go to constantly for, um, for approval for things, to talk about issues that she was concerned about. This was the person that was always telling her, well, this is how it is. You just have mm -hmm. to deal with it. You know? uh, and this is also the person um, that didn't want um, them to have security, didn't think that they were worthy enough to have security or that the baby should have security. Yep. 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 So what, every, how much of it did you other... watch? How much of it did you watch? I watched parts of it. I didn't watch yeah. it. You know, I watched the whole thing, which is what I wanted to just sit there, relax. I haven't found enough time to just have quiet time and watch the whole thing. So all my things to do is watching that and watching pieces of a woman. Have you watched that on Netflix? Pieces of a Woman? Who's yes, in it? I think, I think it's called Pieces of a Woman, and I'm not sure who's in it, but I can't tell you how many times I've been told you have to watch it, you have to watch it. So apparently it has to do with um, a topic that's extremely relevant and not spoken of enough. And I know that the actress that plays the mother mm -hmm. won an award for it. Um, she's an older actress, uh, very well known. So on our next podcast, I'll tell you, I'll give you all that information because I was definitely not ready for it. <laughs> but if people keep talking to me about it, so those are two things I really want to, you know, to learn more about, to see them and, and see what the hype is. I'm a true fan of Megan's because I was really hooked on the show Suits. Mm. Suits. Did you ever watch that show? Actually, I didn't. So I really didn't know much about Megan show. until she became Duchess. A great show. And there's so many relevant topics that she brings up or her character brings up because she's a Black female with a white um, boyfriend who turns husband who, um, and, and how her dad mm -hmm. looks at him and how his family looks at her and her fashion sense in that show like she just looks like just so perfect um and she's an attorney and you mm. see her struggles as a single woman and she would actually fit in perfectly with our topic today because that character of hers shows you how she evolves as a as a young girl in a law firm in new york city um and how she just completely transforms herself all the way through all the challenges of um, being in a big city, being in a firm that's predominantly male, um, being a female, being a mm. single female, being a black 
single female and on and on. So that's another one that if you ever have time, watch it. It's it's really good. And you'll really see her also as an actress because the show was on long enough that you see her kind of age a little bit into mm -hmm. the, the role. Um, so yeah, I've loved Megan for a long time. And of course, I love Oprah. So I really want to watch it and take my time watching it. Um, but I can't stop hearing about it. So it's going to be one of those that when you watch, you know, everything that's happening, but you want to watch it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, we go to examples of women that really fit what we're talking about. I think she's a great example. And I think Oprah, while she may not be um, in the age group we're thinking of right now, mm -hmm. she's definitely um, a woman that's, you know, somebody that, really came and struggled and worked hard oh heck yeah oh she's yeah just you know incredible she she's dealt she's even dealt with the angry black woman i don't know if you remember um uh, way back when when she had um the oprah winfrey show and you would hear stories about her being really mean towards the staff no. did you never heard those stories no, like it was like you heard i heard well i heard stories or gossip or whatever that she was um not a not a very friendly person sometimes behind the scenes and that makes me think uh, again about the whole angry black woman narrative you know how women ex uh, perceive black women as just being too aggressive and you think in the workplace if she's giving out instructions or she's delegating or you know she's just being tough if it were a man it'd be perceived differently but because she's Absolutely. a black woman maybe they're Absolutely. seeing her as an angry black woman you know Absolutely. what I mean? And, it, and it's an implicit bias. It's not like people are walking around like, oh, she's going to be an angry black woman today. You know, it's just an implicit bias that people are experiencing. And it's not diminishing this. I mean, it's wrong that it happens. Um, but it's an implicit bias that people have. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You hear it all the time. Um, and then, you know, one other thing that they uh, uh, brought up um, during the interview with her and Megan is how lonely she felt in her role. So you're talking about she didn't have um, uh, a voice, you know, when she was talking about Ariel and what Ariel went through in the movie, she also felt very alone. So even though she had Harry and she had him to talk to, I mean, she went through like months on end without leaving. So even though there was so much press happening and people talking about her, it was just endless coverage. There was, she wasn't out there doing stuff, you know? And so she had to be inside and she was struggling mentally. She said she was feeling suicidal at some point yeah. and she didn't yeah. want to live anymore. And she went to people asking for help. She went to the firm asking for help. She went to Harry asking for help. And they said they couldn't help her. Wow. That this is just how it is and that she just had to deal with it. But of course, mm -hmm. Harry with his mom, with Princess Diana, of course, he recognized it right away. Like, oh, shit, like I cannot have to have this happen again, especially to my wife. You know, so that's when things start to move and happen and conversations starting to happen about them leaving. But she felt really alone. What courage it took her to speak. Mm. We have to give her so, I mean, be so grateful that she actually, you know, had what it took to speak. Yeah. That could not have been easy. She was vulnerable. She was wide open mm -hmm. um, out to the world and... You know, I'm, I'm really so proud of, of her. Yeah. But imagine she had a loving husband and what she was dealing with. 
imagine how Diana felt. Mm. Because Diana had an arranged marriage. Uh-huh. Didn't love her, didn't care for her, resented her because he really wanted to be with Camila. Uh-huh. Um, so talk about really, really, really lonely. Yeah. Horrible. So I mean, it's just it just it's, it's like being it's like being a caged they're they're in a gilded cage. Diana was a caged bird and a, and she died because she was out with her <clears throat> her, I guess her lover, her partner, the yeah. guy he, she was dating, but the press was just following her. They were relentless and the paparazzi. Yeah, the paparazzi, and that's how she died. And I mean Harry didn't want that to happen. So that he, they had to make a move. Um, and thankfully she spoke up because a lot of people are scared. She said she was scared to even talk about it because she was embarrassed in the beginning. But then she later realized like, this is, this is something's going to happen. I need to do something for myself. And she couldn't even check herself into a, into a hospital. She actually suggested to the firm, you know, maybe I should go to a hospital. And they said, no, we can't do that. That won't look, that won't look right. <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. Um, so wrong. And so happy for her. And then, of course, there's the skin color issue, too, with the baby, which is just with Archie, with Archie. And I kind of feel like this is just a narrative. Like she was just speaking up about a narrative that just happens. I know it happens a lot in Indian families. Colorism is a thing. And we've talked about colorism before. Yes. Like it's a thing, you know, yeah. and and I know it was very shocking for a lot of people to hear it. But when I heard it, I was just like, OK, <laughs> I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I've experienced it. Sure. And I saw that um, Harry wouldn't say who it was that told him, aren't you concerned about the color of your son's skin? He wouldn't say who it is to not, because the person has a very important role. I would assume it's got to be his brother, but it could be anybody. But really, if you have a really big place, it's his brother. Mm. Or it could be his dad. So he's not talking to his dad. And, and so, so this morning, Oprah had her, uh, well, I know this, everybody's listening to this podcast right now when it airs, but it'll be post, post this morning, but um, uh, Oprah did uh, post interviews on CBS with Gail, and she said that she found out after the interview who the person was, and oh. she, she agreed not to disclose it, but she, she said that the person is um, not the queen or uh, Prince Philip. It's not either of them. So, oh, okay. uh, wait, is Prince, Prince Philip is the queen's lover, right? Husband. Husband. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're married. Were they ever married? I don't know. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm behind on my history. <laughs> I didn't watch the crown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the crown. There but yeah, know. so it's not the two of them. He said it's not, not his grandparents. Oh. Um, so that means it could be uh, his father, his brother. Maybe it was Kate, you know. Maybe. It could be any of them. Um, and it's sad. It's sad that, she, that they had to go through that. And, and then racism was part of the reason why the kid couldn't have security. Like he wasn't worthy enough to have security, which is awful. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to our topic, like she, she had to eventually establish boundaries. So you're talking about being a complex grown woman and knowing what you deserve and speaking up for yourself and thinking for yourself. She had to establish her own boundaries. And part of that was, okay, we got to, we have to move. (laughs) We have to leave and figure out how we're going to be safe and we can take care of ourselves and um, 
and their family, and they established their boundaries with the royal family. Mm. So they they already made it known this is what we're gonna do. We gotta take care of ourselves and our family. You guys do you, we'll do us. You know, That's crazy, and how much they left behind. And had it not been for Princess Diana leaving funds for Harry, he wouldn't have any money now to do what he's done. Yeah, he did mention that. Yeah, he said, I, I feel my mom knew this would come, this would happen. One of us would be hurt and would either have to walk away or we would be thrown out, but something would happen. So she made sure she took care of us. And that's how they had enough to make that transition because they were cut off immediately. Mm -hmm. They said they were stepping away. Yeah. And they had to, um, I mean, find other income while they're living in, in California. Now it's interesting. We, we had a conversation before this, but she talked about, you know, again, being your own woman, she started working when she was 14 years old and she started working in a yogurt, a uh, frozen yogurt shop or ice cream shop or something. Um, and both you and I started working when we were young too, you know, and I mean, not a lot of people choose to do that, but some of us, you know, we do it because we have to, you know, we don't have a choice. Yeah. And, and I know you have a really great story. So would you be interested in sharing it with our audience? Um, well, I had, yeah, I had no choice. I was part of a work experience, which was a program when you were low income in Dade County, Miami. Mm -hmm. um, and I, through middle school and all of high school, so a good six or, yeah, about six years, I went to school in the morning. I was there first thing in the morning, and I had a, a public bus that would take me from school to Burger King to work. And when I got out of Burger King, I would then go to an elementary school that was around the corner. And I worked there as an assistant to the kindergarten teacher after school because the, the little ones had already gone home. And when I got out of there, I would go to a drugstore called Eckerd's, mm -hmm. old school drugstore, like before CVS and all yeah, that. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> drugs. And so I would work there until about, I think I got off at 11 or 11.30 p.m. Wow, that's late. So then we'll wake up the next day at about 5.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, to go to school. And so, yeah, it was really hard, really crazy, but made me stronger, mm -hmm. gave me incredible work ethics. Um, and it taught me so much. And it taught me to be brave enough to to have my own business and, and to leave that corporate world behind because of the challenges it had. Mm -hmm. Something so many women I know um, would love. And unfortunately, it's so hard. It really doesn't work out for every woman. I had yeah. a very supportive husband um, who had a lot of faith and believed in me. And, you know, I, I was blessed enough to do it. And that's how I was able to raise my girls, being there present with them and how I got to meet you and all the great stuff. So yeah, um, that's a little part of my story. But yeah, it was it was tough and it was hard and I had left a lot behind. Um, but again, everything I went through made me yep. stronger. Yeah, it made it all better. Sometimes and as women, we have to do what we got to do, right? Absolutely. To survive, to be. Um, mentally sane, emotionally stable. Like we have to do so many things to keep ourselves together and give us purpose. You know, we want as a living human being, we all want purpose. Um, and just, we just have to do it. Even when we're 14, we have to do it. Yes. You know, and I have to say Priya, one of the most important things that I, I think any woman listening should 
consider no. if they're not doing it already yeah. are boundaries. Yes. And boundaries are life changing. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe something we've talked about before in, in many of our podcasts, if um, you're not filled and you're not full, mm. you cannot share with others. Yeah. You cannot give what you don't have. So you really have to take care of yourself first and then you can take care of others. And you have to love yourself first, mm -hmm. and make yourself happy, and then you share that love and that light and that happiness with others, uh -huh. and then that just spreads uh -huh. beautifully. Yeah. Um, and and then also knowing when to say no to stuff. That's huge. Saying that's no. Huge. So and that's a big part of what you're talking about right now. Just you know, um, filling your cup up first before you are able to help yes. others, and saying no to people and opportunities and things because it won't you don't feel right with it. It's not right in your gut. You don't feel like it's part of your purpose, or maybe it's something even uh, deeper than that. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, pushing your own values and what you think of the world and what, you know, things that you don't agree with and just saying no to those things. Mm -hmm. And I think as young women, right. And I do think that young women, we're afraid of saying no, mm -hmm. because we feel that we will be rejected or looked upon negatively mm -hmm. because we said no yeah however it's the exact opposite when we say no or another woman tells us no we actually respect them for it mm -hmm. and we admire them for it I can tell you because you and I are part of the queen bees and we're surrounded by so many amazing women and there are so many times that the women will come up to us and we're unable to do something or we're asking them, can you speak at this event or could mm -hmm. we have you, you know, showcase your business at this event or give us your expertise or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And either, you know, we have to say no or many times they have to say no. But there's such a mutual respect when a woman stands up for herself, you respect her because it's all in of course how you say it also right so no I can't unfortunately that's the time I set aside for x y and z so I'm unable to do it mm -hmm. how about if we do it you know this time or that time or whatever the case is yeah. but my point is that don't be afraid of saying no mm -hmm. you'll be respected for it not rejected for it and also and don't rejecting you get away from them <laughs> and also don't be afraid to not give an explanation you can say no and not have to follow up with it like, no, I can't do it because I got X, Y, Z to do for work. You don't have to do that. Right. Just say no and let that be it. Because you think about our, our male counterparts and how they operate. Do they give explanations like that? I'm not really. <laughs> you know, they, they say no and that's it. You know, you have to accept it. That's a fact. So the same with women. And I think we have to give other women that respect too when they say no to us. And they don't offer an explanation, we need to accept it, you know? And if you're at work and you tell your boss, no, you don't, um, maybe in some situations you might have to give an explanation if it's work related, but if it's a personal thing, you don't have to offer up the information. Correct. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you'll be respected for it. And if somebody's not respecting you, then that's where the boundaries really come in. Exactly. That's somebody you really want around you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, womanhood is, is, a you know, when we're saying being a complex grown woman, mm. but you think about all these young girls that are starting to work at the age of 14 or even babysitting before that, you know, you're trying to come into your own and just figure out and discover who you are. 
and what you want. And you're also dealing with all these external traumas and pressures in your life. Um, it really starts early. You know, young women deal with a lot. You know, I think, even think about my daughter and, and I think about the things that she has to go through. And it's not fair um, because life is not fair, but these are things that we have to power through. And, you know, we grow stronger from and we, we have growth from. Um, and that's part of being a woman and everything that you experience, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's everything that we are mm, very complex. Absolutely. And, yep. Yep. And I think sisterhoods, um, friends, um, community, just girlfriends is so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, unless you've experienced it, it's really hard to explain. But if you're a young woman who maybe didn't start working at 14, maybe wanted to, but was unable to, because, you know, the same could be true in the opposite, that the parents may not want them to work. Mm. They want that independence and they want to get out and they're unable to. Yeah. They don't have a voice yet. Um, that they learn to surround themselves with other like-minded girls, teenagers, women, mm -hmm. um, because they're going to find a lot of strength and lessons through sisterhoods. Uh, you know, sometimes you have a sibling you don't get along with, a female sibling you don't get along with. Um, and in my case, I see so many women whose sisters are such opposite. It's very rare to see. My sister was the complete opposite of me. <laughs> we, we went months without speaking. <laughs> I, my girls, my, my girls, my three girls are complete and absolute opposites. All three of them. Fat, fantastic in, mm -hmm. in everything that they do. And I admire them, of course, my girls, I'm going to say that, but the reality is they're not like each other, not one of them. Um, so they each surround themselves with other like-minded women that elevate them, that support them. Um, not to say that the sisters wouldn't, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's not always just what's at home. Many times you can find that comfort with other women through community yeah and, yeah um, and learn from them or they're either you know every friendship that comes um through your life will teach you something mm -hmm. or you'll teach them something i really feel every friend has a purpose and you have a purpose in every friend's life and you learn different things from different women and some of them need your strength and some of them you know you gain from their strength and some of them um, they need your passion or you need their passion. I just think it's such a beautiful thing and, and how many great things you get from other women. Um, and when, you know, friendships in general, just friendships go through seasons. Uh -huh. um, we've had seasons, you and I personally, we can say we've had seasons that we were together 24 seven. We saw each other more than we saw our own kids. Yeah. Uh -huh. We were just like, just working, working, working. And then periods of time, we didn't see each other, hear from each other for a period of time. And then we reconnected as if we had never stopped. Yeah. And then we didn't speak again. And then we reconnect. And so it's just waves and, you know, it, and it just does this. Mm -hmm. And absolutely all through it all, we're constantly learning and evolving and learning and evolving. And we need these friends. We need, I think we, we need all of the friends that we have there, mm -hmm. unless they're toxic, which does happen. Yeah. 
we need to separate and ourselves. it's okay to say no to it those toxic okay friends to separate yourself yes. yep absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's important to say no yeah you need you know, somebody that will be by your side but not somebody to bring you down yeah um, so you know womanhood is complex and it's and it's beautiful yeah um and what a great way to end our uh, today's podcast. And I, you know, I, I really want to thank all the complex grown women for tuning in every week to our podcast. We're still growing. We're still making waves and uh, we're so excited for what the future holds. And um, I remember our podcast is about um, speaking, speaking our truth, right? And uplifting voices everywhere and um, talking about things that could be hard sometimes. You know, we talk about some fun stuff, but I really love that we really push the push it a little bit and um, and talk about difficult difficult topics. Sure, and, and I think it's you know we leave the, our comfort zone, and so sometimes what makes it hard and uncomfortable is what will help us grow. Exactly, exactly. So we want to give a big shout out to all the complex grown women out there. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, follow, subscribe. What else, Mercy? Yes, please. And make sure that you follow The Edge Helps. It's our nonprofit organization. We started that back in 2007. We're really proud and passionate about it. And we're helping children around the world. So if you want to learn more about it and more about our Queen Bees and more about our Youth Advisory Committee, please follow us on social media at The Edge Helps or find out about us through our website, theedgehelps.com. Because at the end of it all, The Edge does help. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? <laughs> just speaking from the heart. All right. So this is the I'm Speaking Podcast with Mercy. And Priya. Thank you for tuning Thank in. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.